Bill says he loves the new Pepper Jack Ranch spicy chicken sandwich he's eating right now. He also says the spicy Pepper Jack cheese and spicy ranch sauce packs a lot of heat. And the spicy all-white meat chicken filet is delicious. Hmm. He either said this is the most amazing chicken sandwich or I'm an incredibly handsome and well-spoken leader. Oh, right. It was the chicken. The Pepper Jack Ranch Spicy Chicken Sandwich. Only at Jack in the Box. Limited time only at participating restaurants. Hey, guys. This episode of Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. I always keep Kinsa in my arsenal of mom tools. You betcha. It remembers my daughter's temperatures, symptoms, and medications, so I don't have to. What a great deal. And the best part? It keeps her entertained with games, while we wait for the results, go to KinzaHealth.com right now. Check it out. Kinza, the world's smartest thermometer. Come on, Mama. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hello. Welcome to Motherhood in Hollywood, episode 33. I'm Heather, and uh, we have a great show today, you guys. Uh, Casting director Donna Gurgley Bowling is uh, joining me in the Motherhood in Hollywood studio. Donna has cast huge shows for Disney, like The Haunted Hathaways, Ant Farm, The Sweet Life on Deck, Shake It Up. And she came in the studio, and we talked about casting. We talked about what it's like to be a mom casting director in this town and try to balance those two worlds and uh yeah donna was really great she has some wonderful information so you guys especially if you're an actor or you're interested in showbiz at all you definitely want to hear what she has to say so how have you guys been what's going on how's your week uh my week has been great i got to do a little uh live youtube situation for mom cave tv that was fun if you google that uh, heather brooker mom cave tv that will come up and you can watch me act a fool on the internet. Um, what else happened? Oh my gosh. So my friend Jen threw this Galentine's Day celebration in honor of um, all the wonderful gals that she knows. So she invited a few girls to come have brunch. And at first I wasn't sure I was going to be able to go. I really wanted to, but it was, I had a bunch of stuff going on. But anyway, I, I found the time and I went and I knew I couldn't stay long. Uh, or at least I was going to try not to stay long because I had a bunch of stuff to do. And I had a mimosa. And then I had another one. <laughs> and then I had another one. This is in the middle of the day, mind you, while Channing is at preschool. And I get several mimosas in. And I realize I was drunk. I was like rambling and telling everybody my business. And I just realized, like, I have not been day drinking in, like, a really long, like, probably before Channing was born, easily before Channing was born. I just don't have the time for it anymore, or quite frankly, the recovery time, because I'm still hurting. This was a few days ago, and uh, I'm still hurting. (laughs) Like, I didn't get any sleep. I was so tired. Like, I'm a mess. I actually, like, yeah, I had to call Chris and just be like, hey, so I'm not going to be able to pick up our daughter from preschool because I'm drunk (laughs) in the middle of the afternoon. And he was like, what? How did this happen? Um, I will say though, as far as like 
in terms of the amount of fun I had. Oh my gosh. It was such a stress reliever. It's so nice every once in a while to just be like, oh, I'm not going to worry about all the responsibilities I have to do, all of the million emails I need to return or things I need to tweet. And I'm just going to sit with a bunch of girls, get a little boozy and have fun and relax. And that's exactly what I did. And so uh, I sobered up and then I drove home and I was so grateful to Chris for stepping in and helping me out. I don't get to do that very often to kind of let my hair down. And uh, now I know why, because I'm hurting. I'm, I'm hurting, uh, but I'll be all right. So <laughs> do you guys ever do that? Anybody ever just take a moment to yourself, even an accidental couple of hours to sort of let out some stress? I think you should. I'm big. I'm a big fan of it. So what else is going on? Oh, my episode of Real Husbands of Hollywood aired on BET this week. If you didn't get a chance to see that, the name of the episode was Easy as One, Two, Three. And um, I'm at the very end of the episode. If you want to fast forward, you totally can. Um, But I actually got to be an actor and like go and be on a TV show. Now, here's what's crazy is I actually filmed that a year and a half ago. And I've been waiting for this episode to come out because I got to improvise in it with Kevin Hart. And the director came in and kept going, just give him all you've got, like throw all these lines at him and like see what he can do. And it was so much fun. He really is just as funny as you see on TV or in his standup, if you've um, seen him at all. I mean, he's just, just a really gifted and hilarious performer. So I felt really honored to get to be in a scene with him, even though they chopped it, they chopped it all to hell. Like as an actor, you never know when you're filming something, if you're going to end up having two lines or like 15. And, um, in my case, I said a bunch of lines that they filmed and only like three of them made the final cut. So yay. Maybe I was not as funny as I thought I was. Uh, whatever. But anyway, it's still fun. It certainly doesn't diminish the experience for me because I had a great time. And I posted a picture of me and Kevin Hart. He's in white face um, for part of the bit. And he kept joking around. He's like, oh, I look Puerto Rican. <laughs> and uh, he kind of did. It was really funny. So if you get a chance to check that out, definitely do. And that's the exciting things that have been happening in my world this week. So I want to now uh, let you guys hear this amazing interview from Donna Bowling. She has so much, she's a wealth of information, um, like I said, especially for actors and um, those of you who are parents in the industry as well. You'll love this. So here she is, everybody. Donna Gurgly Bowling. All right, so... Just so you guys know, we have already been talking for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so part of what uh, we're going to be talking about, my, I might be forcing her to rehash a little bit. So joining me on the show today, you guys, is Donna Gurgly Bowling, casting director extraordinaire. Can oh, I say that? I like that. Okay. I'm just Use that always. That. <laughs> I'm just going to give you that title. Um, thank you for coming by Of course. Today. I appreciate Hi. it. So we were talking about uh, casting. We're talking about being a mom. Tell me a little bit about how, as a casting director, your life is affected when you became a mom. Like, what changed for you? If anything. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the most important thing, I was the kind of mom when I first had my son. um, I don't really feel guilty. I used to feel guilty saying this out loud, but I don't really feel guilty. I was not loving staying at home with a baby. For me, personally, it wasn't 
it wasn't everything to me that I thought maybe it would have been. I have to feel guilty. I think there's a lot of moms who who feel that way, you know. Maybe they feel that way, but you don't hear a lot of moms saying that they were dying to get back to work. I mean, that's a horrible, it's like feels like a bad thing to say. But for me personally, I love, love, love my kids, but I also love to work. And so I remember when I, at the time we were working on a show, a series, and my partner Brandy Bryce had uh, been filling in for me with an associate and I was dying to get back. I would come and visit with my little five-week-old, seven-week-old when he was getting older and older and I was like, okay, let's go. I I was excited. I wanted to work. Then once I was working and my three-month-old became a five-month-old and a seven-month-old and got older and older and became more of a person that I can connect with, then it got a little harder. I remember when we got our first pilot and he was, uh, af- since I had had him, and it was longer days, mm-hmm. and I was I was confused. I was like, "This I don't know. I want to be home with my kids. I was going to say, did you feel like you wanted to stay home more? Or? I felt horribly guilty in both places. Mm. I was home, and I wanted to be at work, and I was at work, and I felt sick about missing his dinner mm. and missing, you know, I would rush home to make sure I'd see him. It was a very, very strange um, feeling. I don't have that anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'll have it day-to-day on a random occasion if I'm missing something big, but that first year was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and casting directors have crazy hours too, right? Like you guys have really long hours when you're working on shows. It depends on the project Mm -hmm. and it depends on, you know, of course pilots are busier and you're going to be reading people until, you know, late in the night. Um, it also depends on the producers you're working with. Depends on if you're casting kids or not. You know, if you're casting kids, obviously you're not having sessions that late, but you have to have sessions after school. So that becomes an issue as well. Um, Brandy and I always try to maintain our ability to see our kids Mm -hmm. at the end of the day. We've missed bedtimes for sure, but that's, we try to do that. That doesn't mean that the job is done when we get home though. I mean, there's always work to be done once the kids are Yeah, you're getting emails in the middle of the night like, I don't like this actor Uh or we need to, you know. It's always the casting crisis right during like bath time bedtime oh yeah we would laugh about that because it will be it will almost be slow like a lot of casting is sending in your choices and waiting for approval Mm -hmm. from god knows who up in the you know corporate ladder and so we sit and we sit and it's 2 p.m and it's 3 p.m and it's 4 p.m and then we say you know what it's five well we're waiting for an answer we're available at home Mm -hmm. and we go home and it's quiet and then 6 30 and any mom will know 6 30 7 o'clock all of a sudden the emails come pouring in and the calls and the and texts the and then the kids are crying and it's like insanity in dinner. insanity and yeah. Brandy and I are both you know we both have young kids so we're like okay I'll take it tonight no you yeah. take it tonight and um and, and then that explains why so often I get the call around 6 30 or 7 yes. if I book something I'm sure because I always wonder or I'll get the call that I have an audition for the next day it'll come out like around 6 30 or 7 and I'm always like why does that happen so late in the day sometimes? You're lucky it's only 6.37 and not 9. <laughs> it's amazing. We always think, what is going on earlier in the day that we're not getting those answers? I mean, mm-hmm. I would imagine just people are busy and watching casting tapes is one thing on their list of things sure. to do. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of last minute stuff. Mm. It's actually a really hard part of casting is that it always feels like a last minute crisis do you think that that's just the state of television uh casting because feature films doesn't necessarily have that much of a crazy kind of rushed feel to it does it no and I think I mean at least when I've done features it's felt a little bit almost very long I feel Mm -hmm. you know they 
make a decision. They have three more weeks and then they can change their decision. There's so much time that it almost works against you. The sure. nice thing about TV is it needs to be cast by tonight. Table read is tomorrow morning at 10. It has to be cast so at least you know there's an end right? and you see it. But it's it's very kind of – of course, some shows probably work differently, but I think scripts are coming in late, yeah. um, later maybe than they used to. Who knows? And then um, – there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of people that need to approve. It's no longer just maybe one person. Right. And um, it feels like it's all last minute. Yeah. It's all last minute always. Yeah. I always feel um, I always feel kind of bad when I go into casting offices and the casting directors are just sort of like, okay, okay, you know, like, go, 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 go. And there's no time to chat. There's no time to do the get to know you. Hey, how's it going? Kind of a thing. And it's almost now, at least for me, from my perspective, when I walk in and if a casting director is like, Hey, how are you? How's it going? And we have more than like a two minute exchange or two second exchange. I'm like, what's going on? They're talking to me. Yeah. This is crazy. And that never happens. It's just always so fast. You're in and out, in and out. I don't, that's so funny. We, I hear so many things about other casting offices. I've only worked for, I think two or three other offices briefly before we started our own. Um, Brandy and I are very friendly in, you the, guys are, in the office. Yes. Yeah. We talk. We talk sometimes. It's almost a problem because I always say like, "Oh, you know, where'd you get that shirt?" Or you know, we'll say, "Oh, you have a daughter." Oh, tell tell us about your daughter. Like oh, I, I but we're personable people. Mm-hmm. But then it sometimes kind of like shoots us in the feet because we're we're 10, 20 minutes yeah. behind, thirty minutes behind. But. Um, I feel because we've done so many projects with kids, I think we're used to kind of breaking the ice. It's very hard with kids. You can't do in and out with kids. Yeah. You have to kind of, you know, how are you? How yeah. old are you? Um, and so we do that with adults too. It's so I'm just nice. interested in, in yeah. hearing people. I will say, when I, the few times I've been in your office, it was so nice. And That's you guys nice. were really lovely. Like, even if I was terrible, you guys were still like, oh, great job. Oh my gosh, you're but so funny. Actor, but as an actor, that means the world to you because you walk out. We all like walk to our car and like want to slit our wrists. We, I'm, every I'm audition, sure. you know, like, oh, they hated me. I'm horrible. And we analyze like <sighs> everything you do. I like, imagine. You know, they took a call or they they looked away or there was a frown or I mean, you just you get so nuts about it sometimes as an actor. So yeah, it is really nice when you can go into an office and there's friendly faces and they're genuinely happy to see you. So I feel like it's such a hard thing being an actor. I mean, I'm not an actor mm-hmm. and I did it just briefly in high school enough to know that to the audition is so challenging and and even though actors sometimes love the audition it is such you put yourself out there it is such a vulnerable place it's also like highly anxiety inducing I can only imagine how many panic attacks people get in front of us (laughs) because I I see people getting physically sure you do what is that like when you see an actor and you see them just sort of like like die yeah like like combusting in front of your eyes I'm sure you're like horrible I mean I feel so bad because just I've like struggled with anxiety in the past I know that feeling I used to hate public speaking I teach workshops on the side for Mm -hmm. kids and if you looked at me doing them four or five years ago I remember I would need I'd have all these like prerequisites I was like I need both doors open I need my rescue (laughs) remedy like which is this homeopathic like Whole Foods Uh stress relief spray I mean I would get into that place everyone's looking at me so you see that sometimes with actors where they come in and you don't even know if they're nervous at the beginning but by the end of the audition you see either the sweat the shakes the whole thing and it's just I feel so sad I actually feel really bad for them it's not that I'm ever judging in a negative and I try to calm them down it's okay you can do it again yeah or you know 
sometimes they just want to get out of there. <laughs> I know. I think there, when I'm having like a really, a uh, particularly terrible audition, I just want to go. I have you like, ever had it like a full on panic attack in the middle of an audition? I have realized that I'm tanking in the middle of a scene. No. <laughs> and then it's like in your mind, you're like backtrack, backtrack. What do I do? Reconnect with your character. What do you mean by tanking? Like, what do you feel when you feel you're tanking? I feel like, if I am paying attention to, or if I catch something on the peripheral of my eye, um, and I, or I'm thinking of something else, like if I'm like, oh, did I drop, you know, did I pick up the thing I needed for Channing? If I'm thinking about something else in the middle of my audition, then I'm like, oh my God, uh, oh my God. And I can feel it, you know, just spiral out of control in my wow. mind. Any little thing can like be a distraction. And I, I did an internship for Jeannie McCarthy casting. Yeah. A long time ago when I first started, because I wanted to see on the other side of it a little bit, you know, what you guys see. Sure. And you could tell the actors that came in and bless their hearts, they just would lose it or they were bad or, you know, just way off. Yeah. But then the ones that came in and were focused and really knew what they were doing were great. Yeah. And it was like, oh, wow, you could see the difference. So I can only imagine how much you guys see um, on a day to day basis when actors are coming in and. I wonder what you guys as actors, I wonder how much you um, take what the casting director's kind of physical response, like if, are they looking at you? Everything. Are they looking down? Everything. So do you like immediately if someone's not looking directly at you or they're like writing notes, do you think that's a negative? I mean, I wonder. I think if somebody doesn't write a note after I leave, that's when I'm more worried. Yeah. <laughs> That's interesting. If, if a casting director doesn't make like some kind of note on my headshot or on their paper when I leave, then that makes me think that they're probably going to erase my tape and start over. I think I went wow. to a workshop or there was something going around a few years ago that sometimes casting directors will, if there's a bad audition, they will delete that audition to save space on the tape or save themselves time editing later. Hmm. And then... Um, Start over with the next one. Yeah. Never so I don't know that. if you've ever heard that, but I've actually been in casting workshops where casting director said, yeah, we'll go back and we'll rewind the tape and just tape the next person. Wow. Because they know that the person that just came in was um, not doing well and didn't, wasn't going to make it. Yeah. So for a while, when I went into an audition and if I was leaving the room and I saw the casting director reach for the camera. Oh my I, gosh. <laughs> I would literally be like, oh God. They're deleting it. Oh, that is so That's funny. That's crazy, right? But we, we are so vulnerable and we, sure. and you guys essentially um, hold the keys to the kingdom for us. If you don't call us in, you know, we, you need an agent to a point, but you really need casting directors who call you in and yeah. are willing to put you in front of the producers to give you that, who can give you that job opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I feel like in what, what I like to say is that, you know, when we are on the actor's side, casting directors, mm -hmm. for the most part, maybe some aren't, I don't know, but I want you to do well just as much as you want you to do well because I need to get that role cast and I want to show good people to the producers. It makes us look good if you're good. And so I never understand casting directors that are kind of anti-actor in the room, you know, because yeah. to me that's discouraging or that's difficult for an actor to come in to already kind of nervous situation and not mm -hmm. feel immediate sweet yeah. welcoming feedback for me that is very important that's what I would expect if I walked into a room yeah um it's so like your, it's like a job interview like absolutely. every time you go to um you know an interview or talk to a producer to get a new show 
uh, if you went in and the producer was like on their phone the whole time or not making eye contact with you and just kind of like brushed you out. It's been, ha- it's happened. It's happened, I'm sure. Yeah. And it's sort of deflating and you're like, oh man, I worked so hard We on this. came up with ideas and we thought we had, yeah. and you kind of already get yourself in that place like, we're going to cast this, we're going to do it. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. So that went awesome. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough, but I always tell um, the kids that I talk to whenever I do workshops or just adults kids is that you really cannot take the casting director's immediate reaction as, to heart yeah. because we have asked people actors to do it again that we don't call back mm-hmm. and we've asked actors to do it again that we do call back we've asked actors to um you know we've talked to them a little bit more mm-hmm. yes whether or not we're going to bring them back it doesn't there's no indication I think a lot of actors feel like they didn't ask me to do it again so mm. it's over oh totally yeah it, it, that's really hard because you do spend so much time working on it even if it's a small part you spend time making your choices and you want to like you know do it well and then you go in you drive all that way you get a babysitter you drive all that way so much work. and you do it one time and you're like oh like yeah. even I, I think as actors one thing that for me anyway is I want to be directed yeah like I want you to tell me hey try it this way or maybe do this or a little less of this because we're we're like little sponges we just like fun to play a little bit we want to play and like tell me you know oh don't ever do that try this or you know something because if we just go in and we do it one time and then we get no feedback no callback no booking no nothing you have no idea you have no idea if you're on the right track if your choices are good or you know whatever and then we're in our car slitting our wrists so no I know I see actors faces when they walk out sometimes and we want to go give them a hug they look like so deflated and it can't you can't do that to yourself even though it's so normal what is it like working with with kids because you guys have done a lot of kids shows yeah that's kind of been our thing at the beginning of our was that something intentional that you wanted to do is work on kids shows or did that just happen it kind of just happened but we loved it I mean it was my first job when I graduated college I went straight as an intern and then an assistant for Mm -hmm. um Joey Paul who was doing That's So Raven and like a lot of the Disney shows and then I kind of went away from that I was working with Greg Orson and Leslie Gellis as their associate Go casting is what they're called, and they're do they did a lot more adult content. And then Brandy was working in the Disney space as an associate. She got her first show, the famous Sweet Life on Deck. Yeah, everyone is everyone, watching that yeah. right now. I'm sure. Um, and were you guys friends before you met? We were friendly because we worked as assistants together on a pilot, like okay. a few years before, and then we kept in touch. But you know, we were friendly. It wasn't like we were spending every second together. And mm-hmm. then, but she came to me and asked if I wanted to partner up with her. She wanted someone that maybe knew the adult world a little more and Mm -hmm. kind of could bring that knowledge in. And so um, then once again, I was back in the Disney world. Um, At that time, it was just Disney, and then we did Nickelodeon. So uh, we've done a lot of stuff for kids. Um, How is it? It's it's always changing. That's one thing that I really like about it is that, of course, you're not going to be reading the same. If you're looking for a 12-year-old girl, you're going to read different girls every year. It's not the same. Whereas adults, you know, if you're looking for the – whatever right. character mm-hmm. for five seven eight years you everyone's call in the people who are your favorites that yeah. maybe didn't get that last part yeah and is that something you guys do do you remember people or do you find that that's hard to do is remember someone and go oh you know what that that guy was really great as this let's bring him in again oh we do that all the time oh that's good um it's tr- it's tricky if you're working on a series because you don't want to bring the same person in front of producers for too many roles yeah because then the producers get kind of burnt out say you know what Mm-hmm. thank you we're not interested in that girl or that guy and um 
And then we kind of, you know, like screwed ourselves in that sense because we love them and we really wanted them. So you have to be really, really kind of sure that they're yeah. right for that role. You know, Allison Silverberg, yeah. bless her heart, has been doing that with me for uh-huh. um, uh, Jane the Virgin. Yeah. For the past two years. She keeps bringing she you in. She keeps bringing me in, but it's like spread out mm-hmm. over like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. She keeps bringing me in everything from like a co-star to guest star uh, type roles. And she's like, Heather, we're going to get you on this show. Yeah. And I'm like, do they not like like me? Like, what, yeah. what do I? Because I feel like I could have played any of the roles. And she's like, we're just going to find the one that's right for you. And, and she's sometimes been, that like, happens. So yeah. lovely. That's but, so great when you have yeah. a casting director that has your back like oh, that. Yeah, super supportive. But my fear, too, is that the producers are probably going to be like, oh, this bitch again. You yeah. Know, like, Get her out of here. <laughs> and, then, like, and then Allison will not be able to call me in anymore. So Or they will they really like you, too, and they need to find someone right. Or maybe yeah. the producers love you and the network. Or, you know, who knows? You just never know. It's, there's so many reasons why people yeah. are and are not getting roles, you know. Yeah. And we, we always say that. It can be everything having to do with your acting ability or absolutely nothing having to do with your acting ability which kind of sucks but that's truth it's now what we were talking about earlier is sometimes now especially it doesn't have anything to do with your talent at all like it could just be how much social media following you have and your vine followers or twitter followers because that's becoming a huge part of the industry now it's it's a part it's definitely a part of it and it mm-hmm. depends on the project but you know we just recently finished a d- digital feature mm-hmm. and it was starring a youtube star like what? she was a youtube like singer and how and did it come about did they w- specifically want her for the project yes. or did you have to find her no it w- she was attached and so okay. that but because it was a digital release and all they wanted was the promotion yeah. from all these people yeah. that have 500 million thousand gazillion followers, followers yeah. um it was a big part of the search and it was actually kind of a frustrating part of the search because i totally um, just spit water i'm sorry <laughs> i didn't know how to I don't react <laughs> i love how you I can be honest ex- i can't expect you to keep a straight face when i literally just spit water all over well the it's very phone. shocking i know what i was saying is just such a shock i'm like what Okay. Oh my god! I'm sorry. Okay, so that's funny. <laughs> okay, continue. Okay, that's too good. Um, <laughs> now I know if I spit, it's not going to be like totally that fine. awkward. Spit away. I'm spitting. Um, so no, I feel like it, it. It got frustrating because we were bringing in actors that have like incredible resumes mm-hmm. and that we've known for five, six, seven, eight years that can do it, and they were coming in, and then we were bringing in some. They call them influencers, mm-hmm. YouTube stars that don't have a lot of acting ability but have a yeah. good following, maybe have a great voice. Yeah. And because there was a singing aspect hey, to that. That's them. me. No. <laughs> Heather, you were perfect. I'm and an so, influencer. Yeah, exactly. You are now. And so, um, and we would bring them back to back, and it was clear who the right actor, like the best actor for the role is. Yeah. But the fact that it was even up for discussion is kind of disheartening as a casting director oh, sometimes. That must be so frustrating. Yeah, because I was like, I don't really want to put her in that, l- not lead role, but mm-hmm. secondary role. We already have a YouTube, maybe not like a str- the yeah. strongest actor of the world in the you know forefront. Yeah. You need someone strong to support them. Because, you know, and it, it's hard to say, like, that, that's going to be my name on there as yeah. casting director. I want to make sure it's someone It that, looks good. Yeah. yeah. So are you finding then that that same trend is translating into older actors, character actors, more established um, adults? I've never seen that. I have not personally. But mm-hmm. um, I feel like... Uh, it doesn't hurt, sadly, in this industry or in this world now. This isn't even 
only in entertainment because like my sister is in you know the mm-hmm. biopharmaceutical thing but it's all about LinkedIn and getting your presence online yeah. I feel like everyone needs to have some sort of a presence online so I think yeah even a character actor that is 65 years old should probably have maybe a Twitter I don't know mm-hmm. if I would personally as a casting director look at two 65 year old male character actors right. and say wow he's got so many more followers we got to go with him but a producer might maybe yeah yeah I mean maybe a producer might or maybe they have like some weird cult following because they were in an 80s movie that was like really amazing and they have all these people following them that they say hey that would be like a get you know that's the word a get Hey guys, I'm going to interrupt this program here to tell you a little bit more about my favorite thermometer. It's Kinsa, the world's smartest thermometer. You know, it really is the number one tool for mom's peace of mind. For those of you worried about the flu right now and flu season, Kinsa is a great way to help remember temperature, symptoms, and medication. But the best part, it gives you guidance on what to do next. Kinza remembers all that stuff for you so you can focus on what really matters. Check it out now at KinzaHealth.com, the world's smartest thermometer. Yeah, because there's already an established fan base yeah. there um, for somebody who may have done something like that. Yeah. What about like IMDb rankings? Because I used to know this guy who constantly on Facebook was posting his IMDb link so people <laughs> would click on it. Wow. And, and that's what makes your his yeah. IMDb star meter yeah. go up. He was obsessed with it. And there are some actors who are obsessed with their IMDb That's rating. So and I'm like, I don't know that that really matters. Like, are you as a casting director no. on, on IMDb going, oh, well, she's in the hundreds of thousands. Like- no, I think IMDb rankings probably was like before the social media followers. Like mm-hmm. that was probably the first way for Indicator. people to see popularity. Sure. Actually, now that I think about it, but um, no, I've never personally, the only way I'd ever know rankings is if I'm kind of just trying to jog my my brain for like a list and we're creating a list. Sure. So we're going through based on the searches and then you say, oh, this is, you know, in order. But yeah. I've never looked at rankings as we should bring them in over this person. Oh my gosh. Because it's weird who, who gets ranked higher. Like it's not. And it's also false. Like you can pay to have your IMDb rating oh, can you? like jacked up. Yeah, like there I think there's services that you can you know, um you send 5 10 bucks to or something and wow. they'll either like click on your name a lot or somehow they do it. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing, but That's somehow crazy. they do it. Uh and it's yeah, it's really interesting to me. Yeah. Um have you found have you been able to discover like any huge stars? Like yeah. what is there anybody that you found that you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is the next like Selena Gomez or you know yeah. whatever well um <laughs> Debbie Ryan who starred in um well she was on Sweet Life on Deck and then she had her own show Jessie and now she's off doing something yes. with Deborah Messing and this that she's a bigger actress she literally I feel like we could say that we did because she auditioned for Sweet Life on Deck she was 15 years old in her house like on tape mm-hmm. I believe it was her house it was a wall right but um she was just a sweet little 15 year old that we um we felt really strongly about yeah. and we kind of kept, kept pushing for her um and then she went off to get her own Disney show and so on and mm-hmm. so forth um other people that I think we kind of brought attention to um Zendaya who oh yeah when we did mm-hmm. shake it up the pilot with Bella Thorne and Zendaya so we brought them in I mean I don't Bella had been around as a younger actress, so I think that she probably was kind of known, but um, we brought her in, and we were, she was able to showcase like dancing and Zendaya 
had just done some print stuff and yeah. maybe commercials and she was a huge find I think for the yeah, network yeah. um and she still is now a big celebrity you know yeah, the yeah. Juliana Rancic yeah I know thing. that whole controversy last spring when um for you those of you who may not remember when Juliana Rancic uh Zendaya was walking the red carpet and she had dreads in her hair and that's when Juliana was on fashion police and she said um she looks like she smells like weed and patchouli yeah uh and I think she was trying to be funny but it came across as really offensive yeah. and it was a big backlash but then Zendaya handled it like incredibly mature well, yeah. and um Zendaya comes from a really good family from you know my memories of them and mm-hmm. so I think that's a huge part of why that kind of just was w- well handled yeah she handled very with a lot of class for sure yeah um so we did a couple of those and I'm trying to think if there's anyone off the top of my head that I can think how, of specifically. how much comes into play when when you're auditioning kids um what they've done before because if you're talking about a 12 year old like their resume resume can't be that big or that full or maybe it can I don't know my agent I was telling you that we had that big heart to heart conversation yeah. a few weeks ago she basically told me that um unless you've started acting like she when you're like three or something you know uh your resume it just has to be huge she's yeah. has actors who are like 12 and 13 years old that are missing out on parts to other actors who've been acting since they're three yeah and she's like how's that even possible you know so yeah, how I, important is that um I'd say it's not as important as just the ability to kind of come in and and make mm-hmm. a choice and be you know not feel like a coached actor or something we have uh that's the biggest problem with kids is they get overcoached and it doesn't feel like you're meeting a genuine real person sometimes when you're auditioning but I wouldn't look like if we're doing a pilot for example we just did this pilot stuck in the middle which is a um it's a series that's starting on Disney soon Mm -hmm. um when we did the pilot it was a very very long search we had so many months to find that lead girl mm-hmm. um we read everyone everyone so resume didn't matter we may have started to be honest looking at maybe some of the bigger kids agents sure. because we just have relationships with them and trust them and that was just to kind of go through the bigger ones and then we end up going through it all um but I get that question a lot from kids do I need a demo reel do I need this <laughs> you don't you yeah. know you need you need to have the ability to act you need to have good representation most likely because that's kind of Unless, you know, we have at the end of the time, we'll go through Actors Access or whatever, or maybe if we're doing a small. Like open it up generally to Actors actors Access if you can't find someone. You mean like send it out to everybody instead of just agents and managers? Yeah, we have to do that a lot, um, kind of just to make sure no stone is unturned. And especially if there's a specific skill or ethnicity or, you know, and we, we need to make sure that there's not some girl in Wisconsin that like we didn't see. Because yeah. she doesn't have an agent. Because of the technology, the way it is now for casting, you guys can literally read everybody around the world and see yeah. what Australia is bringing to the table and the UK and all of those actors. It's um, pretty amazing. It's so much easier. And I bet it's also a lot harder um, in some ways just because there's so many. I'm sure you guys get bombarded now if Watching you're casting tapes a pilot. Watching is, is a huge, yeah. huge time uh Part, part of yeah. the time spent is watching tapes. Like we will audition all day and then go home and we'll have to watch tapes all night. And then the next yeah. morning we'll watch tapes and we really try 
to watch every I mean we have to watch every tape because that one you know yeah that one tape that you don't watch you never know could be the one yeah exactly and it but I mean it's definitely much easier well organized in the sense that we're not just getting boxes and boxes and boxes of CDs or DVDs and, and tapes literal tapes but um it's all just on a website, which makes it a lot easier. Yeah. Um, and it's quicker to go from one to one, so we don't have to sit through maybe five minutes of an audition if we don't see something. Right. What is it about an actor, whether a child actor or an adult, that for you makes that connection or that spark? Like when you're looking for a lead, not necessarily, you know, just like a co-star or something like that, but what is it that someone's bringing to the table where you're like, this is, a, this is it, this is the one? It's the hardest question to ask. I know. And I'm it's sure. the hardest, I mean, it's the hardest <laughs> answer to answer because yeah. I feel like it's something you just know. And it's a personality. It's a genuine feeling from them. It's a warmth. It's a spark. It's mm-hmm. a, it's just like when you meet someone in on the street, like or at the bank or, you know, there's certain people that you just know, I'm going to connect with you. And mm-hmm. they come in and, and they're confident, but they're not like annoyingly I imagine with a lot of kid actors there's a lot of the overly coach like you said kids who are um very can't like hi how are you they they turn it on 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 on. um those I've had to audition you know with kids who are like that you know as playing mom roles or you know the coach or whatever and like I meet those kids and I I just want to be like hey just be yourself yeah be be cool man yeah it's it's actually really um but I think that comes from like the 80s sitcom style of acting. Because, you know, if you look back at like the 80s sitcom kids, they were all so cheesy. It was, and it was like, bigger for yeah, sure. Yeah. And sometimes I think even the kids shows nowadays, they have such a big feeling, but the kids are still genuine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely projects that we've worked on that it feels incredibly cartoony and over yeah, the top. Like, I mean, I'm not going to lie when I... So I was working in the Disney world, like I said. Then I left. Then when I came back and worked with Brandy, our first session, I remember we were looking for the role that Debbie Ryan eventually got. Mm -hmm. The first girl comes in, and she does this audition, and she walks out, and I look at Brandy almost like about to die laughing. I'm like, that was insane. And Brandy's like, well, that's kind of the energy we're looking for. And I was like, oh, my gosh, we actually need to find people that are that over the top. I had to, like, snap myself back into that kind of kid world. Now, some networks are a little bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's you have to have a kind of a bigger energy if you're going to be on a show on Disney. There's no question, totally, because or else you'll kind of just like fall flat next to the the others. Um, but it's a as an actor, you have to know the project you're going in for. Right. You have to be aware. That's a huge thing for actors that I always tell them. You have to be so prepared. Some people come in and they don't know what network they the show know, is. Or the feel of the show or the well, tone of the they show. They don't even know if it's a comedy sometimes. Oh my gosh. And I'm, I, it's like shocking. I can't tell you how many times this happens to us. Are you serious? And See, that is shocking to me. Like as an actor, you have to do a little bit of research and like It's the adults aware. actually yeah. that don't know. It's the, ki- the kids know. Oh, I'm sure the kids the know. The kids yeah. know what they're doing. Not all of them, but most of them know because their agents prep them, maybe their moms or dads. But it's the adults that come in. You know, we were doing an MTV series. And yes, it it wasn't a sitcom and it wasn't like a, hey, slapstick comedy. Mm -hmm. It had a, you know, a little bit darker feel to it, but it was a comedy. It was supposed to be kind of light. Right, like a dramedy kind of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but it was a 30 minute. So it was kind of confusing Mm -hmm. in that sense. Um and we'd have actors come in and read it as if it was a CSI. <gasps> I'm going to kill myself. And 
And at the end, we would say, you know, why don't you try it this way or whatever? Oh, this is a comedy? Oh, no. It's it's shocking. Oh, so no. do your research yeah. as an actor, I would say. Do your research. Do you do, um, I know you've said whenever you talk to actors and stuff, do you do a lot of workshops? What are your feelings on like actor workshop? Because I know mm-hmm. some casting directors are like, oh, I would never. And they're like so above it. And then some casting directors are like, no, great. Let's do it. I mean, you make a little extra money and you also get to go and see new actors and maybe new faces you've never seen before. I mean, it's definitely a controversial topic in the casting community, I would say. Mm -hmm. And I know that some people are very adamant against and some people are very pro. Um, I don't do mine anymore really towards adults. Mine are more, I'm in the kid space. Yeah. Um, And I don't see any negative thing for any kid to do it because if you're a kid and this is something you want to do, even if it's just an extracurricular on the side, you have to practice. Right. And you have to kind of get that feedback. And sometimes just taking classes with, you know, other actors as teachers aren't isn't going to give you the feedback that a casting director will. Right. So I don't see why not. And I would say for adults, too, I don't see how it... Why do you stop doing workshops with adults? You just don't need to because you, like... No, there's not yeah. a really a specific reason. I kind of developed a relationship mm-hmm. with one um, studio that mm-hmm. hires me as like an exclusive and mm-hmm. it just is a really it's beneficial just relationship. Just for you, yeah. Yeah, she's really sweet, really wonderful and I love the talent that she brings in and I get to meet really great new kids. Yeah. Like I just did one this last Saturday and it was 15 all new kids. All of them I had never seen before which has never happened and I met this, wow. you know, one girl that I was like, this is a girl that needs to be on TV somewhere. Yeah. Um, So for me that's exciting too. Mm-hmm. I mean, we'll meet people in workshops and we'll bring them in and they'll book a role. Yeah. You know, so... Oh, I know it's tough. What do you feel on workshops? I, I, you know, I actually like workshops. I haven't done one in a while um, just because I've been so busy. And, you know, when Channing came along, my evening sort of got sucked up with, Mm -hmm. you know, bedtime, bath time, routine, dinner Mm -hmm. and all that. Um, I think they're a great opportunity to practice, Mm -hmm. like especially cold reading stuff, but also... You, some some of these casting directors would never see you otherwise. Yeah, and I've actually been called in a, a few by a few casting directors who've seen me in a workshop, but I feel like for me they were beneficial. Yeah, just for that very reason because yeah. I don't know that this casting director would ever call me in for whatever show they might be working on because I have a certain type of look, you know, and mm-hmm. and but I'm a character actor. I can't yeah. transform into other types of characters, so. If they give me a scene that's a little dramatic or whatever, I'm just like, yay. Yeah, something else to do. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I actually like them. I think they're great. And for brand new actors, what great way to practice and get your face out in front of other people and, you know, in front of casting directors. You just never know. So I, I would I suggest, like, to an actor, I think I would suggest to just be choosy on who you're going to. Yeah. I would not take maybe an assistant workshop just yeah, personally yeah. because just being an assistant, I know, you know, of course, every office is different, but as an assistant, I wasn't really given so much con- control over who in. was coming yeah. in. It took me a while to realize that, too, and I figured out, like, oh, if I'm going to go to these, I need to go when it's a casting director or an associate. Or, an, like, a high-level associate that's yeah. been around. Right. And I didn't realize that because, yeah, the casting assistants, while great, don't necessarily always have the control to bring people in. No, and I was being hired to do workshops 10, 13 years ago, and I kind of stopped because I felt weird about it sure I wasn't hardly I was hardly in the room during sessions yeah. I was outside typing the sessions up right so I felt like I don't think I'm the right person to be giving these people that advice I mean yeah. I know a little bit about acting and but to to be able to kind of give feedback in a workshop environment it's really 
you have to be in the room. You have to be in auditions to know what to look yeah. for and what not to, you know? Um, and do you feel like um, you and Brandy are in a place now where you're you have a certain style as casting directors, like people producers want to come to you and work with you because they know what you do and what kind of what you're bringing to the table sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's hard for me to compare it to other offices since I don't know other offices that well, but I know that Brandy and I both have, um, we have energy. We're driven. We pre-read the crap out of people, mm-hmm. which is something that I know a lot of offices don't. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've done so much with kids we're shocked when it's like we're so used to reading so many the volume of how much we're reading um but we brandy and i each have different personalities and different kind of skill sets that we excel in and we balance each other out really well yeah um so we always have most of our producers that we work with we immediately hit it off with and have you know great kind of rapport with but i don't know if there's anything we do that's so special. We don't yeah. do a song and dance before ever. We do. We, we have a theme song and but every day. would you? No. <laughs> done and done. Would you write it? I would. Okay. I would and I would watch it. That and would be amazing. I can't wait. Uh, and we were talking earlier about your son. Yes. And you have two kids? Or two just boys. One? Okay, you have two boys. So your son, Dylan? Dylan and Oliver. And now Dylan is the one that you think is going to be, you're going to be casting oh, one day. Gosh. <laughs> O-M-G. So we were just talking about this, Heather and I, but... um. My my whole life, I remember ever well ever since I was a casting director and especially with kids, I would always say I don't want my son to do, or I don't want any of my kids to be in this business because yeah, why is that? Okay, so it sounds horrible to say since I'm a casting director for kids and I love them. Mm-hmm. It is an incredibly difficult business. Mm-hmm. It is incredibly um, painful if you're really passionate about it because you're getting a ton of no's before you get any yeses. Very few are just lucky. Mm-hmm. Um, you will have a lot of time in the car driving from audition to audition I can't believe what some parents do it's unbelievable and um I just worried that I I would want my kids to you know be spending that time doing maybe like sports or even like drama in school or like a class for fun and then doing homework and making sure they're home on time for dinner I mean there's Mm -hmm. so many times where auditions you're not home for dinner because no, you're still driving yeah. at 6, 7 p.m. Yeah. in traffic. From Santa, Santa Monica. Monica. Always Santa Monica. The of my existence. I know. No, the worst <laughs> is if you get one in like Playa Vista. I mean, you'll... What? Is there casting happening in Playa Vista? I don't know, but it's going to happen. One day, uh, you'll see. Well, I know there's some CW shows that cast out of Manhattan Beach. That I've is crazy. It's so there. far. It's so <sighs> far. I'm like, can I just go on tape? I know. And my manager's like, nope. It's so much, <laughs> but it's so much better to be in person. It is because I have a personality that won't quit. And yeah, uh, no. people, but people need to see you in person. I <laughs> they feel like do. I think especially if it's an office I haven't been into before, 100%. then I want to go in and I want to meet them and I want them to you face know, to face. Me. Yeah, but, but it's um, also still just like, oh good. I know. It's your whole day in the car. I know. So I feel like with my son, I was just. Even before I had him, I just never, ever would want to put them through that. But, mm-hmm. of course, yeah, I have a three-year-old boy who is obsessed with performing. Obsessed. He has been for over a year. He loves to sing. He loves to dance. He wants to be the center of attention. He says, and now the show. Oh. Dylan, bowling. And we have to sit on the couch and we have to watch him. <laughs> and I have videos and videos and I already see, like, when we're older and we're going to show it. But, of course, my mother, like, a year ago, she goes, I really don't think he should be a singer for life. Like, this should not, he shouldn't be this, right? Jewish mother. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Maybe a doctor. 
Um, what, so Channing's doing this thing too where she does, she'll go, welcome to my show. Yeah, they're so into that. It's so good. And I'm like, we, we can find where she got this from. And it, but hers is very much leans towards like a magic show. Okay, that's cute. She would like make things appear and we're like, what, what? Now a dinosaur is here. Like what? <laughs> and so for Christmas, I got her a little top hat and vest and so like cute. cape with a wand. And she loves it. Yeah. So I totally get that. Like she'll just be a big ham sauce. Yeah. So do you see him continuing? Do you think? Oh, he's still so little. You said he's what? Three? He's, he's three. Yeah. I see him. I mean, he he will choose to play with his microphones and his little boom box and his, you know, instruments over a lot of his other toys. I'm mm-hmm. not going to say no to it. I'm yeah. going to let him do it. Um, and I will put him in a dance class if he wants to do dance or whatever. Yeah. You know, there's like a hip hop class that he can start. But I'm not all about, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to have to really think hard if I'd ever want him to actually do anything like that. That yeah. would be something. It's I don't think. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of like, for me as an adult even, it's ha- it's heartbreaking sometimes because you go out for a role and you're like, I want this so bad. This could be like a career changer. This, yeah. you know, like so perfect for me and then you don't get it and it's so deflating sometimes. It could really, you know, and I can't imagine doing that to like a six-year-old or a 12-year-old I or know. something. It just would be really hard. I know there's kids that do it and I'm sure it's hard for them. It's so, I can only imagine I speak to them and I mm-hmm. see them when they walk out of the room. I mean, it's, you have to as a kid. I always say if it's not fun, you got to stop. Mm-hmm. This cannot be the job that you're like doing. It can't yeah. be a job like an adult job. It has to be an enjoyable, fun activity. And the second it stops being fun or it becomes more challenging than fun, you got to stop. You got to stop. Yeah. Well, I'm still having fun. Good. Part of me wishes that I had started when I was much younger, but it just wasn't, it wasn't my path. It wasn't my destiny to do that. And so I started as an an older actress. (laughs) You're so old. so old. Grandma. Uh, Yeah, right. And so, but you know, so I'm, more confident like I was telling you earlier I'm definitely more confident now and and happier with the choices that I make and stuff than I yeah. think had I started when I was 18 19 or something you know yeah I think that Probably you know married divorced a couple of times probably <laughs> probably like 47 kids on the side yeah. no I feel like um it's a really it's a really tough business you've got to be confident you got to go in and you got to do it but you also have to have like we were saying mm-hmm. uh, maybe other kind of creative outlets and do right. other things on the side so that it's not you're not putting all your eggs in one basket right so do you think you're gonna start a podcast I'm gonna totally put you on the spot oh my gosh (laughs) Um, well I love the idea of just Mm -hmm. talking I mean I think that talking is fun you're like me we like to talk yeah my poor husband our poor husbands (laughs) our poor husbands my poor husband has to sit and listen to me talk all the time constantly Chris is so patient that's my husband Chris he's so patient and he'll just uh huh. Yeah. No, that sounds great. Nope. I love it. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and, and you're like, I'm like, did you hear what I said? <laughs> it happens to me all the time. I have to mm-hmm. say, Lance is my husband. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love him dearly, but there's some times where I'm like, can you look at me when I'm talking? Because he's like always back on the phone. I'm like, right. hello? hello, hello, hello. Did you hear yeah. what I said? He's like, yeah, yeah, babe. Go ahead, go ahead. I was like, oh, so I should jump off the building? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, go, go. Yeah, do it. Go for it. Whatever. Oh dear. <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's a, I think it's important um, to do, you know casting is just like acting it's a feast or famine world sure. it's freelance it's hard and um and so I think it's important to do these kinds of things on the side yeah. these fun things stay creative and fun yeah I, know. I mean I, I I keep myself busy with I love to exercise of course I'm a mom but mm-hmm. you know 
there's very few days that I'm, I have nothing on my plate. I mean, I've got so much going yeah. on anyway. Yeah. But um, but that's the only reason I'm somewhat sane. You know, like I right. do my skincare stuff on the side. I do everything kind of. So keeps me busy. Same busy, yeah. Busy, busy. So speaking of what's next for you guys, are you – do you have any projects coming up? Are you hoping? Yeah, that- we have, we have hope. Well, of course we're hoping. Um, I'm not hoping. I'm just right, chilling. Not at all. Um, no, we have. It's uh, it's a weird pilot season. Mm-hmm. It's like slower to start for especially the comedy side. Mm-hmm. We've had some really good meetings, and we're kind of just seeing what's happening. You know, we don't have a an ongoing series at the time for the first time. Wow. We just wrapped a really kind of different, fun. Um, it was a web series for E Online. It's E Online's first web series oh that's interesting well I guess e-online's first series because it's yeah. e-online that's um it's called hashtaggers and that premieres next month and that's Is really kids? cute no it's um it's, it's adults it's young adults, young adults it's yeah. 20s um but it's about a group an agency of social media it's essentially a group of people that are hired as celebrity social media accounts so they're sitting oh. there and they're they're tweeting for, for celebrities. The celebrities yeah so there's some there's some fun celebrity cameos Snooki oh and Ian Ziering and yeah yeah it's like fun little Stassi from oh, Vanderpump cool. Rules and, yeah um and then but we found our four core cast um who are great and so that will be coming up it will start next month we nice. just yeah we've just been busy yeah like you said, it is feast or famine. Like you're either crazy busy or you're just waiting for the phone to ring and trying to keep yourself busy in the meantime. And then you have so. to try to, as a mom, I always have to try to just like really enjoy that like time that the I time have at off. home. Yeah. And not try to like remember that mm-hmm. so that when I do get the job, I can go back to, well, at least I was home for that whole month I or, know. you know, because it really is a back and forth feeling it totally as a mom. Is. That's totally probably is. in any industry. Yeah, and I think it's especially hard here in Hollywood. Yeah. It's especially hard. Um, so tell me quickly then, where can people find you if they want to follow you on the Twitter or Instagram? The or- Twitter. The Twitter. Um, Twitter is probably the best place to kind of put myself out there, but it's, mm-hmm. well, we have to say the spelling of my name. Yeah. It's so confusing. <laughs> Donna. I'm Donna, but I'm spelled Dana. So right. forever people call me Dana. Dana, yeah. But it's at Donna Casting, but that's at D-A-N-A Casting. Okay. That's my Twitter. And then um, Instagram's private. Yeah. I keep, keep that private. private. Sure. Yeah, yeah, keep it private. I have a personal um, Heather Brooker Instagram that's private. Yeah. I only let like, close friends and family in that one for all my nudie pics. <laughs> and, um, and then I have motherhood. I'm, I'm glad family can see all your nudie Absolutely. pics. Absolutely. We're very close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you have a podcast or if you have a mm-hmm. personality like this, you probably would need to separate. Or some people right. do, maybe. Right. I, d- I definitely have two, and I keep them separate. And then um, – and then, yeah, I have a Facebook page for Motherhood in Hollywood. And then I have my Heather Brooker one. But I've sort of, I don't know, sort of let anybody who wants to come on that one sure. now. Because like, I've tried to, to, to uh, I don't say as many outrageous things on my regular Facebook page anymore. But maybe I should. Yeah. I know. Who knows? I just don't have time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's all over the place. But yeah fun it is fun well I'm so glad you came by today this was fun this was a lot of fun you and I such learned great info I know I'm glad you did, I hope um, you did. it's like podcasting 101 by Heather Brooker it is it is I love talking about it it's I've become so passionate about this medium and I feel like I've just been a sponge over the last like year trying to learn as much as I can about it so if anybody it's ever has cool. questions I'm always happy to answer yeah ask her yeah um yeah no I think you 
you seem to know what you're doing very well. There you're we you're pulling yeah. it off. You're acting like yes. you know what you're doing. I'm acting like a podcaster. <laughs> yes, <laughs> nailing it. You could totally play the role of podcaster. I know, right? Because oh, if that ever came up, and what if it went to somebody else? I would die. Well, I see it, people it depends on your Vine right. followers. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you see people constantly what? I'm never going to make it. Oh, I see people on TV where I'm like, why am I not playing that part? And I, I yell know. at the TV. I'm like, where did this girl come from? It looks someone looked just like me. And it's so annoying. As an actor, you just get super annoyed. I'm sure. But then I have to realize, like, there's a million people out there who look like me, but not everyone is me. So. Of course. No one has motherhood in Hollywood. Nobody what is it? Does. Motherhood in Hollywood. Yes. Mother right. in Hollywood, Heather Brooker. It's all me. Um, <laughs> so and speaking of that, everybody go to motherhoodhollywood.com and I'm going to post some stuff about Donna up there and I will spell your name correctly. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but I'll put a link to your Twitter there so people can find you. Thank you so much course, for coming by you. today. That was I appreciate fun. it. So you guys have a great week and we'll see you next time for MIH Monday. Bye. Bye. Mama funny. Balls. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like, Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you could save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your moves. Vons is your entertainment end zone. Look for the Game On player tags when you shop, buy three, and enter to win great prizes, like a 65-inch big-screen LED TV. Catch the Ram spirit with the Game On sweepstakes at Vons. Use your club card to get Progresso Soups, 18.5 to 19-ounce selected varieties, 99 cents each when you buy six. And Honey Nut Cheerios, 12.25 ounces, $1.57 each when you buy two. No purchase necessary. Open to residents of Southern California counties listed in rules 18 years and older. Ends January 3rd, 2017. Enter code by January 10th, 2017. Rules at GameOnSoCal.com.